Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey all, Matthew Donald here. So, good news. That Walking With Dinosaurs episode I've been threatening to do for the last few months, but haven't been able to get around to it thanks to technical issues, shenanigans involving work, personal life stuff, and some good old-fashioned procrastination. Well, guess what? Not only is it finally available right now on the Patreon at patreon.com slash MatthewDonald, but so are two other episodes available right now, Walking with Beasts and Walking with Monsters. We do the whole Walking with Trilogy. Three bonus episodes right there. And since I'm very behind on these bonus episodes, there's also going to be a fourth bonus episode later this month about the Dinoverse books by Scott Simpson. These middle grade books about junior high kids that get their minds trapped in the bodies of dinosaurs. It's very weird. A girl falls in love with an acrocanthosaurus. Yeah, that's that, weird. If you want to hear some of that nonsense, go to the Patreon at patreon.com slash MatthewDonald. Link is in the description. Have a good day. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Welcome to Paleobites, the terrible podcast about terrible lizards. My name is Matthew Donald, and each week I and a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week, joining me once again, because he's a fan favorite uh, in the Audubon community, it's uh, once more the namesake of the Donald part of Matthew Donald and my father, Donald Hall. How are you? I'm doing great. How are yeah, you doing? Doing good. You're good. It's good for you to be I'm glad to have you back, you know, because you, you you add a sense of authority to this podcast. You're like you're, you you make it seem so much more professional than it actually is. Well, 
I hope that's the case, but I'm not sure. Well, you do what you can, of course. But like, uh, you, you add you 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 add a sense of gravitas to the podcast, I guess. Ooh, I like that word, gravitas. gravitas. Yes, indeed, indeed. Very Roman. Oh well, you like your Roman stuff. You like your that whole. I've heard this meme that's going on lately. It's about my version of the Roman Empire. Is this? Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. It's because people apparently someone made a joke that like men. Well, what men have in common is that they always think about the Roman Empire. And so a lot of ladies are like, my Roman Empire is that something that they're obsessed with. I don't know if that's true, but it's true for you. <laughs> I certainly do think about the Roman Empire. Like every day? I don't think so. <laughs> okay, what was the last time you thought of it other than today? I think of it frequently. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so that's, that's, that's the question then. If you could throw in a dinosaur into the gladiator <laughs> games of the Roman Empire... Um, which one would you do? And not, I want to, I feel like it should be one that the gladiators have somewhat of a chance. So a T-Rex probably is not. Like. I think a group of uh, velociraptors would make for an interesting match with some gladiators. Oh, absolutely. No, a group of velociraptors would be interesting because then I feel like it'd be, do gladiators often team up or is it just one versus all the, uh, well, they're frequently, like, frequently they had, uh, they, they uh, acted out battles, so they would team up. But right. it's really a misnomer to think that the gladiators always died in the arena. There was so much training to get a gladiator ready for the arena that losing one in the arena was actually very costly. So the, the concept that they died in the arena uh, is really not true. Of course, that makes sense. Um, and also, like modern sports, they had merchandise, right? And they had sponsorships, like didn't they? They did. They absolutely did. And they, uh, if you would go back into the Coliseum, you would see people walking around selling uh, nut uh, peanuts and things like that, uh, hawking juice and uh, oh wow, <laughs> seat cushions and umbrellas. Max, buy Maximus's seat cushions <laughs> for three pieces of bronze <laughs> <laughs> until the month of Augustus. Two pieces of bronze. <laughs> so if you enter in the code Maximus, <laughs> your local merchant. Thing. Anyways, all right. Well, I say they throw an Anzu in there. And speaking of which, we're talking about Anzu. <laughs> so I showed you this one uh, because, you know, you're, you're interested in birds. You love birds. You're part of the Audubon group. You're a master birder. And so rather than just talking about birds like we did last time when we talked about the uh, – passenger pigeon we're gonna talk about a dinosaur that's so similar to a bird that if you saw it in the modern day you would just think it was like a cassowary or something <laughs> so anzu it's named after the mesopotamian bird demon even though it's not from mesopotamia so i don't know why they called it that <laughs> so probably looked like one of the gods from mesopotamia something like that something like that uh, uh type is an oviraptorosaur a group of theropod dinosaurs that include in the uh in the manoraptoran clade that clade includes the dromaeosaurs like the raptors the therizinosaurs and all modern birds so the next closest relative to the manoraptorians are the ornithomimids like gallimimus and the like but this one is closer related to that and thus closer related to birds although not quite in the group that evolved into them uh size 11.5 to 12.3 feet, so that's 3.5 to the 3.75 meters long. 440 to 660 pounds, 200 to 300 kilograms. So that's pretty big. That's bigger than a cassowary. Diet omnivore, although we think it might be closer to a herbivore. Because with those bills, you know, the oviraptors, they don't have teeth. So it's kind of hard to tell what it ate. Yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, dinosaur because it had a beak, but yeah. it had no teeth inside the beak. So Much like a bird. It so. truly looked and, and uh, resembled in many ways 
uh, a bird. Exactly. So time late Cretaceous, 67 to 66 million years ago. This was one of the ones that made it all the way to the end. Because if you recall, it's 66 million years ago that we think the dinosaurs died out now rather than 65, thanks to closer geological carbon dating. But uh, described in 2014, pop culture appearances, the survival game Saurian, which depicts the dinosaurs in Hell Creek formations such as this, where like you play as the dinosaurs and try to survive. Um, see, the Hell Creek formation is one of the most famous formations of dinosaurs, right up there with the Morrison formation. The Morrison formation is the Jurassic one. That, and remember when you and I went to Dinosaur National Monument? Yes. Uh-huh. That was the Morrison formation. That's in the Jurassic. This is the Hell Creek formation, which is in Montana, South Dakota, and North Dakota, and includes many famous dinosaurs like T-Rex, Triceratops, Edmontosaurus, Pachycephalosaurus, Dracorex, Stiggy Moloch, Struthiomimus, Ankylosaurus, Denversaurus, mm. and Taurosaurus. And if you want to learn more about any of these, I've done episodes on all of those I've mentioned. <laughs> this show Sounds been going like a on. place we need to visit. Yeah, this show's gone on for a while, and so all, all these dinosaurs, like a I've done episodes on them before, but there's also like some other ones like Quetzalcoatlus, other sort of stuff. Uh, this is also the first example of a North American oviraptorosaur. So you like oviraptor, you know, you know that one, the egg thief that yep, we don't uh-huh. think actually was an egg thief. Yep. That's from Asia. That's on the Gobi Desert. Huh. So this one's from North America. Now, a lot of these dinosaurs that are from Asia are also from North America because the, the Bering Strait was... Right, right, was connected. Well, but not even... It's different from the like Ice Age times where it was lowered sea levels. This was just they were actually connected. So, oh. so like, T-Rex is in North America, but Tarbosaurus, which is a very close relative of T-Rex, was in Asia. So, uh, And then there's a lot of examples like that. Now, if you remember in Jurassic World Dominion, uh, at the beginning, there's that Cretaceous prologue. Mm-hmm. Some people have said that like that oviraptor that's and it could easily re- be replaced with an Anzu if they wanted to make it more accurate. <laughs> mm. So, because Anzu was in that same place as all the other ones, but although there was some, it did play kind of fast and loose with history, but opening, but it's a movie. I don't really care. Well, and frankly, there the concept of what the dinosaurs looks like changes uh, almost annually oh no exactly so and i know some people are like oh we, we're getting closer and closer to the truth and i'm like I, in a way yes but how we will never be able to know 100 percent for sure unless we invent time travel <laughs> or pull one out of a glacier global one out of a glacier or like a wormhole or something yeah. <laughs> yeah. so uh as you have noticed when looking at this um picture because you did some studying of it yourself right i, I heard uh it has a cassowary like crest in fact, this crest is one of the biggest uh, any oviraptorosaur relative to the right side of the skull. But it was made out of paper-thin bone. <laughs> so mm. it's very, very unlikely it was used for combat. Most likely used for mating. Yeah, to display. Display. Like, yeah, like the males probably raised it up you know, right, to fight with all males. Although there are some... Um, there are some fossils that have injuries in the ribs and toes from the tendons uh, being torn away. We don't know if that was from a predator or if it was like two males fighting each other. Mm. So, and for what it's worth, though, um, the bones were healed. So that, that's, that's not what this specimen died from. So which kind of leads more credence to the theory that it was two males fighting each right, other. Right. So, which I think would be interesting. Like when, when cassowary, do cassowaries, what do they use their crest for? Cassowaries use their crest really for mating behavior. Okay. So they, they don't use it as weapons at all? or No. Like, and the, uh, those are pretty hollow too, right? Like those, There's go, evidence the cassowary may have been domesticated by humans thousands of years before the chicken. What? <laughs> those are some brave people. <laughs> they would imagine? capture cassowary chicks and raise them as oh, semi-tame the poultry. 
for use in ceremonial gift exchanges and as food. Oh, wow. They're the only indigenous Australian Asian animal known to have been partly domesticated. Really? Indigenous? Wait, weren't dogs from Asia, technically? Weren't domestic dogs, didn't they travel from Asia? The Australasia. Australasia. Oh, okay. Well, what about dingoes? I, I, I don't, dingoes I, came down from Asia. Yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm confused, I guess, but what you're... I'm talking about Australian. Some New Guinea Highlands Highland societies captured cassowary chicks and raised them as... Um, as tributes, you said? <clears throat> but they still do it, it says. Oh, what? Yep. Brave people. <laughs> okay, um, so here's my question then. So obviously cassowaries wouldn't have been in the Coliseum. That was a bit far, but would they, did they ever bring ostriches in there? They did. What, now, did the ostriches attack them or did they just kill them? <laughs> The ostriches would attack the people. They, yeah. would, they would try and kick them. <laughs> yeah, they would actually. And of course, one of the things they tried to do with all the animals in the Colosseum was enrage them. So when they came out, they were ready to fight. Right. Which is, you know, very, very unethical. But uh, it makes for some entertaining stuff for the Romans. But so I can see like an Anzu being pretty good in the, the uh, Colosseum then for sure, too. Yeah, sadly, if there had been dinosaurs or mammoths uh, around at that time, they would have been killed in the Colosseum. Oh, for sure. For sure. Unfortunately. You know, there's a sequel to Gladiator coming out next year. I heard that. Yeah. But didn't. Didn't Russell Crowe's character die? He did. I guess there, there were other gladiators. <laughs> All right. He was kind of the central figure, though. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, there's other gladiators in history. I don't know if it's unrelated. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Anyways, on that note. So, um, yeah, Anzu is a pretty cool animal. I've seen it depicted in a lot of stuff. I've, um, I think it was – I think we might have – oh, no, it was compactly that we saw at the Denver Zoo when they had those uh, – those animatronic dinosaurs. Right, there. I remember that. Yeah, that was a relative like our old compactly. Um, that was fun. I love that. I love that big Utah raptor by the birth. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was enormous. And the T-Rex. <laughs> that was a good, that was a fun time going to that. Um, but yeah, so Anzu itself though, it's just, it's just cool to see this, this such a bird-like dinosaur Alongside that, like you, if we went back to this time, we would just think it was a cassowary, and that's just crazy. Me, like they had wings; their wings, like they were, they held them almost like birds hold their wings. You know, like the more we learn about the raptors, we think that they held their arms like wings. <laughs> now, obviously, not to fly, but just the way they held them. You know, yeah, so absolutely. It's like the fe- the the feathers went, go all the way to the to the t- tip of the middle claw. And like, not just like, because like sometimes when they depict them with feathers, they have the feathers only going up to the wrist, but no, they went all the way up to the fingers. (laughs) So it's incredible. (laughs) It's incredible how bird-like they are. And I bet Audubon would do a great job protecting them (laughs) if they were alive today. Does Audubon, wait, does Audubon worldwide? It is not. Okay, so it's just in North America. Actually, Audubon is throughout the hemisphere. Okay, so, so Canada, no ratites are under protection. South America. Oh, no. so the Rias would be under protection of the Audubon. Then. Well, they're not really under protection. Audubon, you know, Audubon looks at protecting areas down in South America because American birds mm-hmm. migrate down to South America. Okay. And so it's, it's important to protect habitat down there if we want to protect American birds. Gotcha. Those are like, are there any things like this that Audubon would, ne- would work with? All right. Well, let's rate on zoo one out of 65 million. I'm going to rate like a 61 million. I think it's really cool. And I think it's cool that lived alongside like T-Rex and Triceratops. Those are some heavy hitters. <laughs> and I think the name is kind of funny, like Anzu living alongside Triceratops and T-Rex and Ankylosaurus. 
Like what a what a roster of creatures to have all these fancy famous dinosaurs like Triceratops, Pachycephalosaurus, and then Anzu. <laughs> That's just yeah. I think it would be. I would rate it very high as well. I'd give it a sixty-two million. Sixty-two million. Cool. Sixty-two million. I think it's. Uh, it is. I would call it a bird. Okay. I mean, I mean I'm going to call it a bird. All right. You, you do you. I mean, that's against the science, <laughs> but it's it's not quite in the group that did go to it. But you know what? I wouldn't blame you from based on everything I see. All right. Well, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, and contact me at paleobitespodcast at gmail at paleobitespod on Twitter and paleobitespodcast on Instagram. And also Matthew Don Creator on Facebook, Matthew Don sixty four on all the other stuff too. And I have a book series on Amazon Megazoic available for print and Kindle. Uh, if if I known about Anzu when I was writing them, I would have used it, but alas, I did not. So, uh, all right. Well, that's it for this week. I say the end of every episode of Paleo Bites. Uh, what do cassowaries do? Do they make a loud screech? <laughs> <laughs> that's a trick. <laughs> Here's cassowary sound. Oh, here we go. I think we use it. Yeah, we're going to use that. Holy crap. The age of dinosaurs is still ongoing, listeners. That's a cassowary? I mean, those are other birds in the background, but... That's the cassowary, that rumbling sound. Holy Low crap. rumble is a cassowary. What the yeah. hell? That's what that's what they make T Rexes sound like. Wow. Well, a lot of things they, they think you could feel them more than you could hear them sometimes. Well, that's feel- a, that's almost a sound here that you could feel. I mean, when it starts to rumble, yeah. listen to this rumble again. That is a dinosaur. Would you want to walk into no. the woods listening to that? <laughs> what is and he's the one they domesticated like before chickens. <laughs> Wow. The well, Aborigines were badass. <laughs> and keep in mind, cassowaries are very dangerous. Yes. So that sound is not just the bark of a tame dog. No. It's the sound of an animal that could really hurt you. Cassowaries can disembowel you and kick you and rip you with your beak. Yeah, no, they're terrifying. Yeah, in Australia, they, they're trying to protect them. I don't think they But they, they don't want to make them iconic because they're afraid that one would kill a child or something. And, and then everybody would want to kill them all. So they're quietly protecting them. Well, based on the emu war from Australia, yes. I think they can hold on their own. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.